0: Hello, everyone! My name is Awadahwa Nomeran, and this is my channel, The Pace to Fear God. This is where we learn about God, His beloved Son, Jesus Christ, and their Kingdom purpose, the three most important subjects that we can ever learn about, talk about, or discuss in the entire Holy Bible according to John chapter 17, verse 3. The subject that I have prepared for you and myself today is captioned, Are You Really Humble? However, before I get into that, I once again have a tune that some of us might enjoy. Once again, the subject that I have prepared for you and myself today is captioned, Are You Really Humble? Now, for some examples of people who were humble. Now, the very first example I'm going to give is somebody we might not expect. Maybe we don't really think about it. But God Himself is a very humble person, because He lives from everlasting to everlasting, according to Psalm two. He does not need flesh, bones, sleep, etc. to survive. According to Luke chapter 24, verse 39, neither does he need any comfort of any kind whatsoever to survive. He does not need that because he thrived when there was nothing or no person, nothing with him. He survived and he thrived even. But he humble he is a very humble person because he cares about humanity. He looketh upon man. According to Job chapter 33 from verses 25 to 27. He's very long suffering. He's very patient. He's, he's a very meek person, as big as he is, according to Sam's chapter 86, verse 15, Romans chapter 15, verse 5, and 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9. He is a very humble person because he cares about Matt. He's done so many things for Matt. It's like the parable of that lost sheep in Matthew chapter 18, from verses 10 to 14. One sheep to 99 is nothing really, but God and his organization. Came after that sheep, which represents this role. We're nothing to God when you look at the grand scheme of things, according to Job chapter 35, in verses 6 and 7. But God really cares about us, He really likes us, He loves us, even, which is why He has decided to do so many things in order to rescue humanity from the bondage that we were in. And we have to indeed thank God for that, according to Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, and many other places all over the Bible. His Son, Jesus Christ, is also a very good example of somebody who was humble. He was so humble that He left His riches in heaven. It's a very powerful place. And in that powerful realm, Jesus Christ held one of the highest positions ever. So, that's not something many people, certainly say it's in the devil, for one, would want to leave. But Jesus Christ sacrificed that, because He was humble before God. He was obeying God. He was open to advice, open to instruction, which is why, he went down. He went up from there, down here, and he became one of the lowest people in a low realm. It's a lot of humiliation, according to 2 Corinthians chapter eight, verse nine. And he did learn obedience through that, according to Hebrews chapter five, from verses four to eight. And his rewards endless. In Philippians chapter two, from verses five to eleven, Saint Paul had told us about some of those things. One very prominent example of Jesus Christ's humility was when in John chapter 13, from verses 5 to 10, he washed his disciples' feet. This is somebody who is more knowledgeable than pretty much everyone else on the earth. And he is washing the feet of his own disciples, his own people that he himself were teaching. They were like, Why are you washing my feet? And then Jesus Christ said that you this is humility. You have just as how I've done this. You have to go do that to others, and we have to take that to the spiritual level. We have to humble ourselves before God and accept His righteousness, accept what He tells us, because if we don't, many blessings that God has for His worship we won't get them, because we can't humble ourselves before God and actually see what He has as a very thriving way to live a Christian life. Many people don't really understand what humility really is. They look at the physical humility and think that's the limits. That's what all humility is. Now, when I say physical humility, that's talking about, for example, when you're on a bus, and you see that there's somebody handicapped, whether it's a pregnant woman, or it's an old person, buses always have warning signs, etc. that tell you that, maybe you want to get up from that person. That is physical humility. It's, It's not really humility, But, many people think that when somebody does that, he's humble, he's humble. When he devotes 50% of his money to charity, he's humble, he's humble, so on and so forth. There are many examples I can give right now. However, this is not really humility, because many of these people that do such things, before God, they're the most proud people on earth. They don't even believe that God exists, but even if they do, they think that they can go tell God what they need to be doing. We need to have the understanding Humility is the ability to be teachable, the ability to be meek, humble before God. Many people, in order for them to be humble, you have to suppress them. You have to destroy their riches, destroy everything they have, before they actually become humble. As the saying goes, a lot of humiliation is necessary to get only a little humility. We have to understand, we should not let God have to do so much in order for us to finally feel a little humble. No, we're supposed to humble ourselves before God, because God does not deal with people who are just proud, boasting that they know everything. No, He deals with people that are that can humble themselves before God, the Holy One. For thus saith the High and Lofty One, that inhabiteth eternity, whose name is Holy. I dwell in that high and holy place, with him also that is of a contrite and humble spirit, to revive the spirit of the humble, and to revive the heart of the contrite ones. Isaiah chapter 57, verse 15. The meekly guide in judgment. The meekly teaches ways. Sam chapter 25, verse 9. God does not interact or share his blessings to people who don't want them, people who think they can thrive with their money or thrive with any other source other than God. God deals with people who are teachable, people who are open to information. Many people have cocked their ears, made their hearts dull of actually uh, accepting God, which is why God doesn't come to them. They aren't called. God invites people who are meek, who are teachable, who actually want God in their lives. God does not deal with the wise, the prudent. He actually deals with babes. According to 1 Corinthians chapter one, from verses twenty-six to twenty-nine, Jesus Christ was amazed when he'd seen the people that were coming to him. In Matthew chapter eleven, in verses twenty-five. And twenty six. He may just being human. Maybe he expected people who were big, you know, who really knew God. But the people who he was seeing were commoners, people who didn't really do anything, they were just nobodies in the grand total society. I thank thee, O Father, O Lord of heaven and earth, because thou hast hid these things from the wise and prudent, people like the Pharisees, and has revealed them unto babes. Even so, Father. For so it seemed good in thy sight. Matthew chapter 11 and verses 25 and 26. God does not deal with people who are proud, or rather, people who are humble. And what does it exactly mean to be proud? Well, for example, if humility is to be teachable, to be proud means you're not teachable. Because the proud people think that there is indeed no God. The wicked, through the pride of his countenance, will not seek after God. God is not in all his thoughts. Psalms chapter 10, verse 4. And people who are like this are only awaiting their destruction because pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before fall. Proverbs chapter 16 and verses 18 and 19. And there is no person better to describe this than the person who created that lifestyle for many humans in this world. And that's Satan the devil himself. In Isaiah chapter 14, from verses 12 to 15, or even up to verse 20 for more details, Satan is called the Son of the Morning. He's, he was a star, because he was one of, the, one of the first spirits. He was one of the main spirits there. And he was somebody who would generally spice things up. He was that kind of guy. The very attractive, very active person. However, he was not very humble. He gradually became worse and worse and worse, before rebelling and therefore disobeying against God. He felt proud. Why do I have to be submissive to Jesus Christ, or even to God from that moment? I should be God which is why he fled, he just left. God cast him out, and he started creating his own, because he was ruling the world. So he created his own life that was supposed to rule the world, his own principles that were supposed to rule the world. And that does not earn you many things. Satan is now destroyed. When I I say destroyed, I mean he's still living, but he isn't really doing anything anymore, because he can't. God has defeated him, and it's just his institutions that are gradually withering away because He's established His kingdom, and no other kingdom is going to be able to go against it. According to Isaiah chapter two verse two, Haggai chapter two and verses six and seven, Daniel chapter two verse forty-four, chapter seven and verses thirteen and fourteen, and many other places all over the Bible. God does not deal with proud people, but rather people who are humble. According to First Corinthians chapter one. From verses 26 to 29. Then, let's go on to the hierarchy of obedience in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 3. Saint Paul had told us about the different levels of authority, but I would have you know that the head of every man is Christ, and the head of the woman is the man, and the head of Christ is God. And once again, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 3. Now, not everything in the hierarchy is mentioned. For example, churches have to obey Christ, institutions have to obey God. And let's start with children, one of the things that are mentioned there. Children in these last days have to obey their parents. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with thee, and that thou mayest live long on the earth. Ephesians chapter 6. From verses 1 to 3. If you watch my other video, Kids and the Challenge of Obedience, I went into detail about how all of that works. Many children in these land states don't even know what they're doing. They don't know how to be humble before their parents. Anytime their parents tell them to do something, they're speaking their own. Whether it's an excuse, whether it's just something to prove that their parents are always wrong. But in reality, many times they're actually right. And many of those kids go and learn that later after they've disobeyed their parents, then they go, and they're punished by God for doing that, and then they see all the disadvantages that come from that, and then they know, then they see, they understand the fact that they should have really obeyed their parents. We must humble ourselves before our parents. We shouldn't even really be trying to talk against them. We must trust them. We must be swift to take an instruction, but slow to speaking, slow to go making excuses, and also slow to wrath. According to James chapter 1, verse 19, this being humble for our parents makes a glad father and a very happy mother. According to Proverbs chapter 10, verse 1 and Proverbs chapter 15, verse 20. If we're wives, we must obey our husbands in everything. According to Ephesians chapter 5, and verses 22 and 24, not in some things, not in the physical humility, like, oh, okay, if uh, he tells me to go get a cup of water, I go get a cup of water. If he tells me to cook a meal, then I go cook a meal. Those are physical things. But on the spiritual level, you have to obey them. If he's making a mistake, make the mistake with him. If he's being successful, be successful with him. It, that is how to be humble. And we must, as wives, continue to do that, because the eternal life is waiting for us at the end, if we continue following that path. If we also read 1 Peter chapter 3, From verses 1 to 6, some more advice. We should never be like many of the people who are in these last days who are doing that, dislocating families, separating relationships, etc. According to Isaiah chapter 4, verse 1, we should be humble before our husbands and through that, being humble in totality before God. Then let's go to the institutional level where we go up to where churches are, where governments are. Many governments and churches in this world have completely lost sight of what they need to be doing. They have not humbled themselves before God. Now they're trying to take decisions in their own hands. Instead, what they should be doing is what David had been doing. In 1 Samuel, for that whole book, for example, he would bring the ephod. He would would make sure that what he wants to do is in line with God's plan. Not just embark on it, and then bring some uh, person who doesn't even know God, oh, is that in line? No. No! We have to make sure we are going to God, with a complete open mind, not with a decided mind, like those people, when they'd ask what they asked Jeremiah what God wanted. Then the moment Jeremiah told it to them, they said, no, you're lying, you're lying. No! We have to come to God, as a government, as a church, with our own, or with a complete open mind. We go there, then we get the instructions, because God isn't just going to leave us empty, He's going to give us various things, whether preach there, preach there, do it this way, do it that way, and we have to go embark on it the exact way God said it. Otherwise, we are being proud. This obviously doesn't mean, if we hear governments are corrupt, that we shouldn't obey them, because they are still the authorities. If they tell us to wash hands, we should wash hands. If they tell us we have to drive less than 60 miles an hour, we don't just go violate it because we think they're corrupt, because it's for our own safety. But anything that goes against that, we must throw it out to remain being humble before God, according to Romans 7 13, verse 1. And as for them, if they don't humble themselves, eventually things are going to get too late. God is going to destroy them, which He is, by the way, already doing now, according to Isaiah chapter 24, from verses 1 to 7, Ezekiel chapter 21, verse 26, and many other places all over the Bible. They need to rescue themselves, they need to stop being proud trying to take decisions for themselves, casting God away, and replacing the gods with the researchers, the presidents, the professors. No, it should be God, because God has a way. We should never think we know everything. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Be not wise in thine own eyes, fear the Lord, and depart from evil. Proverbs chapter 3, from verses 5 to 7. If read Ezekiel chapter 37, it's a good way of describing this. When we don't have God in our lives, we're like dry bones. We're like things that are so dry that they're lifeless here. Like uh, when the desert, things are next to lifeless there. But when we have God, it's like the forest, it's full of life. Tigers, bears, birds, all those kinds of animals. Spiritually, it's it's all sorts of peace. God owns peace, and He gives it to them who actually want it and do what they need to do in order to get it. According to John chapter 14, verse 27. I hope I have made it clear now what it means to be humble. Now let us ask the question: Are we really humble? It's not a question that we have to go debate whether it's about. It should be a very simple question. If we are as children going to parents, Trying to tell them what we are doing, uh, what we want to do, and then trying to convince them to go uh, comply with our plan—we're not being very humble. We need to tell ourselves how to be humble and go about doing that. Because, like I said, the meek will he God in judgment, and the meek will he teach us ways. Psalms chapter twenty-five, verse nine. God does not deal with people who think they're too big for Him. God just laughs at such people because He always gets the last laugh. According to Proverbs chapter one, from verses twenty-four to thirty, and nobody wants God to do that to us, right? Probably, except for fools. So what we need to do is just try to be humble before God, try to accept His principles, accept His laws, be open-minded, allow God and the Holy Spirit His force to fill us, so that we go about doing it. According to Sam chapter one hundred and forty-three, verse ten, so that God can really take care of us. And therefore, us worthy of inheriting eternal life. And I choose to end my talk on the subject. Are you really humble? To close this episode, and once again have a tune that some of us might enjoy. Will indeed make a way to those who are very humble to Him. Hope you enjoyed this video. Hope you learned something. Most importantly, please try to subscribe and share this video because everybody deserves to know a little about how they need to be humble before God because that is the only way we can enter into the narrow way, according to Matthew chapter 7 and verses 13 and 14, which at the end leads us to eternal life. Thank you. Oh, one more thing. If you like what you heard today, feel free to share a message at https colon double slash anchor.fm slash it pays to fear God slash message. Once again, that's https colon double slash anchor.fm slash it pays to fear God slash message. Hope to hear your wonderful feedback.